You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 5, Episode 1, titled RuPaulywood or Bust. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one face-cracked co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... She's kind of irritating. And by kind, I mean she's fucking irritating the shit out of me. On a constant. To Taylor, the latte boy. <laughs> Of Hello. all the quotes from that episode, <laughs> that was the one I hoped you pulled. So, oh, really? Thank you. Yes, yes. I was like, that's the one he's going to pull, and I kind of hope so. <laughs> oh, because usually you're not right about that. <laughs> no, that one That one was one that I'm like, yeah, that maybe, yeah. Because yeah. I was toying with just doing the part where Serena Chacha was, like, singing, you know? <laughs> No. And I was going to do that, but I, I heard, my God, this is exactly what this clip is supposed to be. Anyway, Taylor the Latte Boy, welcome to uh, a very special season of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, where we're recapping season five for all of the wonderful listeners we have. Yes. Are you yeah, excited? Yeah, this is awesome. I, I am very excited for this. Um, when we are... I have gone back recently and had the opportunity to listen mm-hmm. to our season six recap. Yeah. And you and I have talked and you have said on various mm-hmm. Afterthought Media shows that yeah. season six is the best recap we've ever done. Yeah. And you and I had a phone call a couple, probably about a month and a half ago, where you, you and I from across the country mm-hmm. must have had that moment of where our brains touched and we thought – Season five would be probably just as good, if not better. Well, we talked on the phone. Yes, but then I said the magic word cha-ching, and, it, <laughs> and Taylor was like, go on. Stroking my chin. Yes. I'm listening. Yeah. Yeah, like, Babalu, find that yacht we were talking about. <laughs> So yes, no, it, it, I I got thinking about it. Season five is well, we're going to talk about what we think about season five. Yeah. But I, I, I was glad to revisit the beginning of this, and again, this is another season that um, my husband has never watched. So <gasps> he's oh, so Babalu has never watched this season. He's never watched the season, so oh. he so definitely we were watching. We watched the first episode and Untucked together. Mm-hmm. He definitely had some comments and some thoughts that some of which were very right and some of which were not. But he definitely was on the money with a couple of things. Does he know who wins? Yes, he does oh, know yeah. who wins. Okay, now I don't know if he knows who's in the top three, mm-hmm. but I know he knows who wins. Similar to the season with uh, to season six, he knew who won season six, but he didn't know 
who made it how far oh i see i see with her the tricky thing with this season like in other words season six is just amazing from episode one i will say with season five episodes one episode one might be one of its weakest episodes which speaks still though to the season as a whole i have a Many thoughts about this episode. Oh, you do. I yes. No, I t- I taken I took like four pages worth of notes. Uh huh. So oh wow, really? I yeah. No, I definitely. If I'm going to the again, you know, if Mama's got to earn or keep, I'm going full tilt boogie and keeping yeah. notes and mm-hmm. and have commentary mm-hmm. and I am very much. I, I, I there were things that I again similar to season six. There were things that I definitely still feel the same way about and then there are things watching this that i'm uh, my opinion was changed on a couple of things at least early on speaking of that let me ask you a question do you ever worry about or measure the amount of cum you have when you masturbate (laughs) um yeah no not really not really I've been going through this thing. For everyone listening in the future, I recently had a urinary tract infection. And so now I start imagining all these things with my penis. Like, for a while, I uh, my balls hurt. Now, I did learn that, that you know, it, even though the, the pain and the burning and the blood all go away very quickly, some of the other things take a, a week or two to go away, and they did. So the pain in my balls went away, right? But now I have this new thing where I feel I don't come enough. I don't come like I used to. You know, where it just sort of spurts out. Now, I would say it spurts out about half a teaspoon, maybe a teaspoon, but it doesn't shoot or anything. It just dribbles out. What are your thoughts on that, Taylor? You're a medical well, doctor. Te- half a teaspoon. I'm not a medical doctor. Half a, half a teaspoon doesn't seem like a whole lot. Does well, like, I've, what, what I've, is the average amount that a, that, that a man is supposed to ejaculate? It's so funny you say that between half a teaspoon and a teaspoon. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, then I'm then I'm a little more impressed with myself than I. Well, I used to be very shooting. impressive. I used to be very impressive. I've never I've never been a shooter. I've never. Oh, been, I. It is the it is the rare occasion. Mm-hmm. I can I can count on one hand mm-hmm. the number of times that I like. I think I hit myself in the face like once, mm-hmm. and like a pillow or upper chest area, probably less than less than that. It, but that's the thing is well, not it, less than that, but less than five. The, yeah, that's the thing is I sort of feel before the UTI, but the, a lot of this could be psychological. You know, never never underestimate the mind body connection, Taylor. So a lot really, of, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's 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 that that's so insightful. Thank you. And I'm so that, glad I don't do anything that you know professionally that talks about a mind body connection. You know what's so funny? You should look into that because I think you'd be really good at it. But oh, thank you. You're welcome. The point is this: I think that I'm mentally blocking how much cum I make. For what reason would you do you think you would be doing that? Because I'm going to tell you something, and I bet you straight guys go through this when they see their uh, a baby pop out of their wife's you know uh, meat curtains. Is oh okay. Is you see a bloody human crawl out of there. I'm sure it takes a guy uh, uh, some time to adjust to then see it again as a sexual object, you know? And I'm, I'm just making this up, by the way. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Now, 
what I'm saying is I think once you see blood come out of your penis, like I did, is it takes a while for you to go like, I don't want, like you feel like you're going to hurt your penis or that it's, yeah, going, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you're going to do something bad with it. You're going to break it. I don't know, whatever. Right. And so it's taking me a while to psychologically uh, get used to um, manhandling my own penis again. Well, okay. This just happened, what, a week ago? No, 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 no. The Utah probably happened like three weeks ago. Was it really that long ago? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Your body is still, you're, you're still recovering from an infection. Mm-hmm. You're still recovering from a trauma to mm-hmm. your, to your body. Yeah. You know, with the infection. So it may come back to you. You, part of this may be psychological. You're absolutely right. I'll be honest with you. I think part of it too is health wise. Now I am, I have been on a healthier kick lately mm-hmm. and I'm eating better, trying to get my blood sugar. My blood sugar was really good today. I was really happy, but get my blood sugar at a very good level. And, you know, maybe, and I bet you a lot of it has to do with working out, Taylor, but you start moving around, get your muscles going, you know, you'll all of a sudden you will see more come. We've also been asked in the chat room. Yeah. Um, Everyone should really know that we're doing a live version of the show. So this chat room. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. How often are you jerking off? Well, right now I'm only jerking off every other day. So that's unusual. Okay. So when you would jerk off, if, uh, uh, that's unusual because you normally would jerk off every day? Oh, yeah. Or sometimes twice a day. Like once in the okay, morning, once when night. You would jerk off when you would jerk off every day, were you still a um, projectile <laughs> vomiter, as it were? I only shot when if I skip like in other words if I skip like a week, you know then it would shoot or if, or 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 if I'm really turned on or I'm doing it for real I'll shoot. Okay, but you're yeah. just so you're not necessarily worried so much about shooting as much as you are the actual production but, of. But the that's comedy. why I think it's psychological because when I'm super turned on, dude, I'm fucking don't stand anywhere. I'm like fucking goddamn William Tell, you know. <laughs> I thank you for making sure I never want to need an apple again in my life. Um, Juanita Apple, by the way, is uh, my drag name. <laughs> I I don't know you. I I guess part of it just maybe you need to give yourself some time. Let me and... ask you this question: When when uh, have, okay, wait, wait, I have, yeah. wait, I have another yeah. question for you. Sure. Have you tried going a week without jerking off? To see if it one increases consumption, two gives you more um, more uh, projectileness. Do you think you could go a week at this point without? Because because it almost sounds like you're becoming fixated on it. Mm-hmm. Of where when you are masturbating, are you focusing on okay? Like how much? Like, do you have a little test tube that you're putting in to, you know, be able to measure or what? Our food scale that you're resting it on. Don't give me ideas. Don't give me ideas. <laughs> and then I will do it. You know. I mean, I I think that maybe if you just allow yourself to not mm-hmm. do it for a couple of days, give yourself maybe a week. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past that that has happened, mm-hmm. and don't put so much pressure on it. Don't just kind of allow it to happen as it as it needs to happen, and you may be surprised. You, it sounds like you're getting like come anxiety. It sounds it sounds like which is which is then creating issues to where no matter what you get, you know whether you get a full teaspoon or you get you know a quarter cup, it's it's not going to be enough, or you're going to overthink it, 
as I have known my good friend Joe Batance, professional masturbator to do, is to overthink things and it's gonna it's gonna create some it's gonna create some issues for you. And we don't want that. We want for your masturbatory experiences to be as optimal as possible. This week, 14 brand new queens walk into the workroom. Two of the queens, Coco Montrese and Alyssa Edwards, have a difficult pass and are shocked to see each other in the workroom. For the mini challenge, the girls dive into a tank full of water for a totally aquatic photo shoot. Jinx Monsoon reveals she is a narcoleptic. The girls get their lives on a bus riding around Hollywood, celebrities waving back at them. For the main challenge, the girls go dumpster diving for materials to make a couture dress. In the workroom, Alaska gets naked. Jade loves her fabric and everyone pests Alaska about Sharon Needles. Later, Serena Chacha gets into it with Vivian Panay, and J. Jolie jumps in on the action. After the runway, Roxy Andrews was named the winner of the challenge, while Penny Trachin and Serena Chacha were placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Serena Chacha was told, Shantae, you stay, while Penny Trachin was asked to sashay away. Taylor Dante Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. This felt like obviously it's an old school episode it's it's you can see that they're starting to get money <laughs> yeah with this with this season compared to the first four seasons mm-hmm. um i know that we've talked about that you feel as though particularly um five and six are probably the strongest seasons i would maybe include season four in that as well mm-hmm. but y- you you can definitely see a lot of the um you can see them setting up storylines early on, some of which will go very quickly, some of which you're definitely seeing arcs of characters. And, um, you know, we also have the, we also have the ability to see what we know what's going to happen with these queens. So we kind of get to see a little bit more than maybe we did watching, you know, one, one queen in particular, I really did not care for that I ended up really liking later on in my dra- in my drag viewing history. For season um, five so- or season six? In season five. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and I also feel like the, something else that I really liked was I liked, I liked some of the things that they don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. That this was, this was kind of a remembrance of that. And I kind of really liked, which uh, we'll be talking about, but particularly the, the, the first episode photo shoot is something that I really, really miss. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, so, so that was something that I really enjoyed that. And it kind of reminds me of, I feel like it's been long enough that some of those things they could bring back, even if it's just for one season and kind of take, take these queens, you know, that kind of know what to expect. And kind of put them on, put them off their game a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, because this is really, you're just starting to see them know what to expect a little bit. Like the first four seasons, you don't really get that. Whereas now you're starting to, you're starting to, even within this first episode, kind of see, I have to come in with a catchphrase. I, I want to come in and do like, you know, I, I want to have, I know that there's going to be a, a a, a challenge. There's going to be a twist. There's going to be all these different things. So that's something that I liked about it. Something I did not like about it and something that I have a feeling you're going to like about it. Let me, all right, let me rephrase that. I like it and I don't like it is the rawness of the Queens and how they talk to each other so early on. Um, we're definitely going to see some themes of what I feel to be is bullying 
this season. It's always been kind of like that, unfortunately, is a theme that I always think about when we talk about season five. And you're seeing this early on with with some of the queens. And that, to me, is something that I feel like I will be probably addressing to some degree during various parts of the show. But that's not necessarily a big draw for me, whereas I know you enjoy the drama about that kind of stuff. What about you? What are your two things you like and one thing you did not? Well, I'll tell you why. I love the drama. It's one thing I liked. Yeah. Two. I it's really funny is because maybe even kind of the one thing I didn't like. As awful as the bus trip around Hollywood is, if you think about it, it's sort of a goodbye to that version of drag race. Yeah. You know, okay. in fact, I might even say, I don't know if I'm right now or not. That might be the last time we ever see the drag queens outside. I believe. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause season four, they did the zombie thing. Yeah. And all then stars they did one. The- they did that weird street challenge. They did the street challenge and the basketball. And mm-hmm. also in season four, they did the wet t-shirt contest outside. Yeah. I so, don't think we see them. I think this is the last time. It's like they went outside one more time and they never well, went out again. And part of that maybe, is this the first season in HD? Uh, no, four is. Four is? Okay. Well, part of that maybe watching this on, especially I have a like a, an ultra HD TV. Okay. Now, All right. Calm down, with, Uncle Money Penny. That I bought with that after the money, yeah. after the media money. Um, it's day drag is terrifying on an enormous tv yeah Yeah, so i mean i think if they're trying to elevate drag having them all standing outside kind of looking like hookers isn't necessarily helping the cause and what i feel like rue is trying to do with with this show Mm -hmm. so okay so that's one thing yeah but but then what i didn't like i mean that that's why it, it it really skirts the line here is it's pure camp, this whole bus thing, you know, around LA. And it's one of these things where like, it, again, it's, it's, they're waving to the celebrities, but it's almost like, again, they're saying good. I feel it's the last time as well that they did anything. I mean, it's so grossly, obscenely awful, you know, that you almost have to yeah. kind of love it. And so I think the one thing I didn't like was, that scene, but then I didn't like it so much. I loved it. And I, other than that, I really have no complaints about this episode. With them know? all standing on the one patch of astroturf on a clearly on a green screen, waving, waving up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All and, the celebrities and, and, and if celebrities are just like, like shot. It, it what the impression you get is that celebrities are doing like, like um. Uh, what's the name of that just dress designer that was sketching RuPaul randomly um, on Hollywood Boulevard? The one that did, oh shit, uh, Bob Mackie. Like Bob, Bob yeah, Mackie like, is randomly just standing on Rodeo Drive. Sketching RuPaul. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but, but there's not really much to dislike about this episode, you know? I like it for those kind of reasons. Um, I can't think of anything I didn't like. Serena Chacha, but who likes her, you know? Yeah. So, but everything everything else is pretty fine with this. But I have no I have no real problems. All right. Uh, after a cute little cold open that actually made no sense when you listen to it, the first contestant walked into the room, and the first contestant and actually Taylor, you can click on that link, and they have their workroom entrance as well as their um their uh what's it called their uh, runway look. 
So the first one into the workroom is uh, Detox. And so, uh, uh, Table with the Latte Boy, what were your thoughts on, on Detox? You're coming in in like a, uh, like a, like a bee, like a yellow and black striped skirt with a yellow and black top, like, like a corset type top, right? With a big feather black hat. Yeah. And, uh, uh I, I love, I love this look. I thought everything about this was, super polished. Mm-hmm. I thought that, I mean, detox came in. She, she didn't come to play. She came to slay. Um, she, I, I, I love detox. In fact, I actually had a thought last night after we watched the show. Yeah. Much like you and Evan and I did the best lip syncs ever. We should all do a, each of us list our top 10 contestants on drag race ever. And oh, detox okay. would definitely be de- detox would definitely be in my top 10. Oh, interesting. So I love, I love everything. It'd be to something about detox, particularly something about detox in drag is incredibly sexy to me. Oh, and really? I, yeah. I don't know why. I think it's just cause she looks so mean, mm-hmm. but there's still something very glamorous. And she's also got that eighties aesthetic where she loves all like the neon colors and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah. Like, the crazy fringe hair and all, but there's just, I, just, I love her and I love, I loved this look. But what did you think about her actual entrance? She came in and she just says whatever she says. I don't really get the sense that they were really like all like catchphrase at this point. Some come in, some don't. She kind of just mumbled her. I don't remember like, like, I love what they've done with the place or something like that. She says something like that when she walks in. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what was your initial sense seeing Detox, knowing everything you know about Detox now, seeing her walk into the workroom for the first time? What were you thinking? Well, I feel like I kind of already knew who Detox was. Okay. Like, she was somebody that I rem- – and I remember thinking, well, she'll definitely probably go far. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, – I, I, I loved her. I just I just thought she was great and I loved everything about I love the top hat with the feathers and mm-hmm. the blonde hair and the yellow and the black with the bee look. It just mm-hmm. everything about it was just awesome to me. All right. Next into the workroom is Roxy Andrews. Uh go ahead, Ted. What were your thoughts on Roxy Andrews entrance into the workroom? Well, Roxy's wearing a little like spangled, I don't know if they're shorts or what, but she has a matching jacket and she has big black hair. Um I thought she looked incredibly tan. In this, where mm-hmm. she kind of had sort of a you know Hollywood tans realness thing going on, mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of her look. Yeah, Ro- it, Roxy yeah. was also somebody though that I thought was very cute as a boy. Her season, well, yeah, you're very that she's very your type as a boy. Yes, kind of thick, mm-hmm. clearly some sort of Latin. Yeah. Or Hispanic and mm-hmm. and Jeff definitely over time though I liked her less and less. But oh really? Oh, that's because of your whole bully thing. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually surprised by how much I didn't like her initial entrance look. It just looked like an old Latina lady going to the mall. You know, so but uh, she seemed fine in terms of personality and whatnot. Uh, no catchphrase really when she walked in. Seemed fine. She no. really knew detox, so they were really excited to see each other. Uh, yeah, they had, they had started out together. And, well, they're uh, both Florida. They both started out in Florida. Oh. That, that's why I always forget the detox originally started out in Orlando. Oh, interesting. So there yeah. you go. That's why they knew each other and they were excited to see each other. All right. Yeah. Next into the workroom was the one and only Jay Jolie. What were your thoughts on Jay Jolie? Too much. There was just too much going on with this. Too, mm-hmm. too, with Between the corset that had a million things added to it and the 
the Sally from Nightmare Before Christmas looking leggings mm-hmm. and the the belt and the hat and the braid. It was just that that seems to be an issue for her. As Rue says at the end of the episode, she seems to have difficulty editing mm-hmm. with an edit. And it's very clear from when she walks in. Um, I always remember Jay Julie when the season aired that she had, you know, the, that came out on Reddit and stuff like that. She had done porn. Yes. Which I still haven't been able to find that porn. But I don't care now. because at the, What's really weird is how we change. Because at the time, I was like, oh, my God, she's so fucking cute. Ugh. Oh, my God. And then I'm like, what was I fucking thinking? Ugh, she's gross. Yeah, like, no. A, she she has very she she's she's very gums yeah with very little teeth and that's concerning to me plus she's she kind of, i don't know that she was never anybody i was never a fan of hers the entire season but you're not so. in the twinks there have been other Twinkie queens that I have liked watching and enjoyed their their aesthetic and all that an example of that would be Naomi Smalls i Naomi Smalls almost always looks great to me and even when times that i don't necessarily what like what she's wearing she has an edit editorial eye that i can appreciate Mm -hmm. this just looks like we ran through a claire's boutique and just kept running with everything Mm -hmm. attached to us Mm -hmm. now let me ask you this question uh do you really think naomi smalls is a twink Naomi Smalls was like 21 at the time. Yeah, and... but I don't see her as Twinkie. Well, you thought she was hot, so I just assumed oh, she I think was she's twin. so fucking hot. She's Naomi she's Smalls. thin. Oh she's yeah. tall. Mm-hmm. She's feminine. Mm-hmm. She's gay. <laughs> and I bet you she just had a really big, fucking nice, juicy cock. And I just want to fucking just lick it up and down. So Serena Chacha, yeah, mm-hmm. she was the next one. Yeah, believe it or not, I bet. Did, okay, let me ask you a question: Do, oh, Am I attracted to Serena Chacha? As a boy, as a boy, I'm going to say yes because we're we're small, we are, um, and we're feminine, mm-hmm. and small and feminine, and we're Panamanian. The so I'm is- going to I'm going to say if I had to put money down, I would say that that Serena Cha Cha would get more than half a teaspoon out of you. The answer is no. I don't no? know why. Yeah, no, she doesn't do it for me. I will say she has since kind of bulked up, and I think she is kind of hot now. But at the time, no, not super into it. No. Okay, not into it. Yeah, no. Well, I, and her look with the whole like prom dress that's all hiked up, and the where the 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 dress is like a coral color but then mm-hmm. she has on tan shoes and a yeah. black bag the whole thing is just it's it's just not good it is it is somebody who if she says that she's been doing drag for three years at this point no one has taken her under their wing to tell her how to do to drag well at this point well she's like one of the people that wouldn't take that advice anyway that she knows better than everybody well exactly and it shows mm-hmm. even her shake and go wig yeah all right, next up into oh my god, one of the most iconic queens in the history of the show, the one and only Alyssa Edwards walks into the workroom for the first time. Taylor the Latte Boy, give us your thoughts. Um, 
Yeah, so she comes in in a gold and black outfit where there's sort of it's it almost looks like bike shorts. I know it's not, but it's sort of like a spandex uh, mini skirt and top, and that she has something with big uh, gold lame sleeves with big cut throughs and sort of like a um, Barbara Streisand fro from the seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I get that people like Alyssa Edwards, and as yeah. I've said on numerous other seasons of the show. I don't get it. I get that she makes for good television. Mm-hmm. I get that you and I have talked at length about Alyssa Edwards and what, you know, why, why she is so loved because mm-hmm. she doesn't realize who she is. But at this point, I was kind of hoping to watch this again and maybe fall in love with Alyssa. Mm-hmm. And I, from this episode, I didn't. That may oh, change later on, but at this point in it for, definitely related to the storyline that she gets mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm not i i don't like her i don't like her i, I could this- see that because well i i do feel on Alyssa's first run of her show the show was trying to paint her as sort of the villain in her versus coco montrese i have thoughts on that as well Mm-hmm. Once we get once we get Coco Montrese in, okay, but uh, but for right now, I'm actually surprised that I think she does usually much more extravagant looks. I'm actually really surprised by the sort of like basicness of this entrance look. It's just okay, sort but of think just, about it. She does she does extravagant looks now. This may be the, the, considering what she she didn't know what she was walking into, mm-hmm. or you also figure this is it's a 2013. This was six years ago. She's had time to build up as you like to say build up her war chest to when she does appear places it's bigger bolder yeah crazier and i feel like we're going to see some of that later on but you never especially back then they never knew what they were going to walk into on that first episode as far as photo shoots of whether they're going to have paint shot at them or they're going to be at this point underwater or have fans blown so maybe she was trying to think ahead as far as something that oh, is glamorous i, see. I but didn't then think also about that. something yeah, but then something that is also practical, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, Taylor the Boy. That's why you're here. All right, next into the workroom is Jinx Monsoon. Your thought about Jinx Monsoon walking into the workroom, Taylor? Jinx Monsoon's outfit, I wrote down, it's a poor intro look. Mm-hmm. I think that it doesn't really speak to who she is. Like, you don't think bathing suit when you think Jinx Monsoon. And... She she doesn't look – talk about somebody who's had a glow up over the mm-hmm. years because her look is not she, – she didn't – I don't think people fell in love with Jinx for her looks. I think people fell in love with Jinx because of who she is. Mm-hmm. And I, I was I was very disappointed with this entrance look. It's kind of like a, like a 1940s, like what you would wear to the swimming pool in the 1940s, right? With like yeah, a, with a bathing suit with a big floppy hat, and she has um, a white belt and white sunglasses, but everything else is black. And she has like sort of a cover up that's mm-hmm. sheer that looks like it has flowers. It doesn't look, it doesn't, it, it looks like stuff that you could buy anywhere. All of those pieces could easily be bought at a uh, at a Dillard's or a Macy's. Dillard's. Dillers. That's a department store down here in the South. Um, there isn't anything about it that speaks to who Jinx is. It's she looks like she went shopping and found a bunch of things. I would even say it's kind of JC Penny's looking. 
I don't know. I don't shop at J.C. Penny, so I wouldn't know. Um, I think she looked fine. You know, I didn't hate it, but you're right. It doesn't. It's not really. It doesn't capture who Jinx Monsoon is. But I think the look is fine. And uh, we got a great shot of her like reacting to like Detox and Roxy, kind of gabbing it up, and she's just like, oh, you know, like, like yeah, like there's just too much going on there. Um, all right. Probably one of the most used names whenever we're making fun of a drag queen next into the workroom. <laughs> Penetration. Taylor, your thoughts on penetration? Old school drag. Old school drag. This is where you're seeing... You're, you're kind of seeing the end of the old generation and the mm-hmm. beginning of the new generation with penetration yeah. being the first one out between the harsh... Um, with the exception of some queens later on you don't really see this type of drag anymore. Um, she, in some ways, almost the last one like this would be Mrs. Kasha Davis of just sort of that kind of, you know, we're, 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 we're a big shouldered broad. You don't, you don't really have the big shouldered broads anymore like her. And but I don't feel you like think Kasha was, is wisely, I see what you mean, but Kasha wisely sort of plays with that idea where I think she's earnestly doing it. Yeah, no, I I would agree with you on that. I think I think that she she kind of, whereas Kasha Davis is yeah. Whereas I mean, one of the things that was used during the runway look was sort of that May West mm-hmm. broad kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kasha Davis is kind of playing with the idea of what May West would be like in the drag world. It's more like uh, Ethel Merman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I mean, I, I, she's somebody that I totally forgot what she looked like as, as a man. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I remember it was frightening. <laughs> well, there's, there's not a stitch of hair anywhere no. from the neck up. So, no, not but, even eyebrows or anything. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's how old school drags do. They, everything was painted on, including the eyebrows. Yeah. None, none of this glue stick stuff that all the newer queens do. Yeah. No, not at all. All right. Next into the workroom is tuna fish on a platter. Vivian Panay. Taylor Latte Boy, your thoughts on Vivian Panay? I loved the dress. Mm-hmm. I loved the dress and I loved the hair. Uh-huh. This it's is like a one polka of these, dot dress. Yeah, it's a polka dot, very uh, Betty Page, um, very 50s kind of rockabilly style with mm-hmm. cap sleeves. This season, I didn't realize it until, and this was something that I kind of talk about at the end, but I'll talk about it now, is mm-hmm. I forgot this is de- there is a definitive line in the sand for top half of queens and forgettable queens. Yeah. And there were so, with the exception of I knew Serena Cha-Cha was on this one, mm-hmm. but there are so many queens in this, like that go home in the first half that I completely forgot this was their season. Yeah. And I completely forgot they were on. And Vivian is one of those queens. She got a couple of good quips in this episode. Yeah. You know, particularly between her and um, Serena later mm-hmm. on, but she's not somebody that I ever think of what, you know, when you, when you go down the list and you say, you know, name, name the top, you know, name five drag queens off of drag race. Vivian Panay is not the first on anybody's Taylor, list. Do me a favor. Name five drag queens off of drag race. Off of any season of drag race. Sure. All right. Sharon Needles, mm-hmm. Juju B, yeah. Manila Luzon, sure. Naomi Smalls, Got it. Bob the Dry Queen. All right. There you go. That's five. All right. Just testing you. Seeing if you're on your toes. Yep. Well, I'm on my ass right now because I'm sitting down. Hmm. 
Are you not standing up? You have your standing desk and you're not standing up right now. Maybe I will later. Don't don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Next. What are your thoughts on Vivian? I just found her so boring. Like I was even, I'm like I was like you was like oh yeah like and we're, I think we're gonna go through a run of these right now was like oh yeah Vivian Panay and Lanesha Sparks and uh, yeah. Monica Beverly Hills were on this season. Um, oh yeah, is Monica Beverly Hills the one where like I feel she is where like she comes out as trans and she gets saved and then the next episode she goes she goes. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe that's um, the one from season six too. It even feels something they do all the time on the Trinity, show. Trinity, Trinity K. K. Bonet, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, no, because Trinity said early on that she was HIV positive, but then it was where she she redeemed herself in the comedy challenge, and then that's oh, where we okay. did the whole. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. And the next week, the next week, you're right. You're right. Maybe so you're maybe, out. Yeah. Anyway, so Vivian Panay, like, yeah, she's fishy. Oh, you know, I'm trying not to use that term anymore. Yes, we're not supposed yeah. to use that term according right. to Miss Hollow Eve. Yeah, Hollow Eve. I should say Miss Hollow Eve. It's yeah. just Hollow Eve. Yeah, Hollow Eve. For those of you listening in the future, this was this is going to be all old news, you know, by then. Um, but anyway, uh, you know what's funny? By the time most people hear this, Taylor, they will have who they will have a good idea who the Democratic nominee is for president right now it's just like 20 people you know but uh by the time they hear it you know they'll have a better sense uh vivian panay yeah she looks you know she's bringing uh realness a lot of like a femme realness to the thing but uh but uh, but again it looks it looks like something she could have bought in a store at the mall yes yeah i don't disagree all right, again, once again, walking into the workroom next is one of the most iconic queens in the history of the show. It is Alaska, and she comes in with a horse face a mask and then like a golden black dress. Why don't you tell us about it, Taylor? Alaska is – well, she comes in in a golden black dress that she has on a horse face. And I think what was most surprising to me when she took off the mask and did the first, the inaugural, hi, was – how much older she looked then than she does now. Yeah. She was rough looking when they, especially when they talk about it, this episode of where she's like a busted Sharon needles. I kind of get that this episode Mm -hmm. that she, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised knowing what we know about Alaska. Now, Mm -hmm. how much better she does her makeup and what she does with her looks and that kind of thing that Mm -hmm. I thought this initial first, this initial edit of her, I almost wonder if the producers did it kind of on purpose to not have it where it looked so much like, oh, what's well, the next Sharon Needles coming in? Yeah. Whereas I feel like Sharon almost from the get go, much like they did with people like Bob and Bianca, where they pretty much had it. It was clear who was going to win from the beginning. Yeah. I almost wonder if they kind of fucked with that a little bit to not to kind of keep the audience on their toes mm-hmm. and to not just assume, well, it's Sharon's boyfriend. So, of course, she's going to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of an iconic entrance. Everyone remembers it. She came with a horse, you know, with a horse face and said, hi, uh, a great entrance and, uh, one of the few catchphrases that we see this season. And, uh, mm-hmm. the dress looks fantastic and, uh, she seems fine in the, in the workroom. It's a, it's a great entrance. Yeah. All right. 
Next, speaking of someone that actually, again, more going to the territory of people that we forgot were on the show, Honey Mahogany. Even though I know the name and, and I know she's known for her caftans, which, by the way, enters without a caftan. Uh, that's what I wrote in my notes. No caftan. No caftan. It, but still, always forget she exists. Uh, Taylor, your thoughts on Honey Mah- Mahogany's entrance into the workroom? She's wearing sort of a white jumpsuit with big blonde afro, um, white with gold. It almost is a, it's like a halter top. And then she has matching sleeves, um, that go up to the mid, uh, upper arms. I, the look is very superhero to me. So I enjoy that part of it. But honey is sort of one of those people that I'm like, Oh yeah, this was her, she, this was her season. Mm-hmm. You know, which you would have thought when I saw Vivian, I would have remembered because of, of uh, a, a something that'll happen later on for people who have never seen season five before. But I, I was sort of like, okay, well, great. She's here. Mm-hmm. Get her out of the way. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, she goes home in a double elimination, right? <laughs> yes. That's what I was trying to avoid saying, but yeah, oh. she goes home in a double, yeah, she goes home in a double elimination, not far into the season, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's very far into the season at all. All right, next up is Ivy Winters. Oh, You're I'm f- going to be so sick of hearing that. From me or from Rue? Yes. <laughs> um, Ivy comes in in a like a micro mini, almost like a bubble dress that's made out mm-hmm. of caution tape. Yeah, with a with a belt where the buckle is made of the same caution tape. And then she has a frizzy blonde wig and a uh, fascinator that is a caution with where it almost looks like a exclamation point. It's a cute, fun look. Mm-hmm. I know that people are all about Ivy Winters. I was never I was never a huge fan. However, I never disliked her. I always thought she was she she always seemed like a uh, a kind person. She always yeah. seemed like she was very much mm-hmm. she was very congenial yeah. to the other, to the other uh, people on the show. Um, I can see where people think she's cute as a boy. Mm-hmm. She's a little too thin and a little too pale for me. Mm-hmm. But I, I can see where there's definitely that cute kind of twinkiness there. Maybe twink going into twunk because I think she was she was the late twenties at that point. Now, Taylor, let me ask you this question: Do I think Ivy Winters is hot as a boy? I am going to say yes because I feel like I remember you talking about thinking Ivy Winters was hot as a boy on previous seasons of the show. I'm gonna tell you something. I used to think Ivy Winters was hot as a boy, and then I watched this season, right, this episode. I was like, what was wrong with me? She's not that cute as a boy. Like I think I think they've just had cuter people on the show. Well, okay, if I can maybe say something in in poor Ivy and Serena's defense, mm-hmm. this is clearly before they did the of where everybody had to wear the same thing for every interview, mm-hmm. where they're clearly all wearing they're, they're interviewed on different days and they don't have them saying put on the same outfit so that we can mix and match what everybody's mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. So there were times particularly with Serena where I thought Serena's interviews as a boy, I was kind of like, ooh. And then other times when she talked, I was like, okay. I, particularly when she would do things with her hair a little bit mm-hmm. differently yeah. as a boy. And I kind of feel like Ivy falls into the same trap here. There are, there are days that I guess Ivy was just like, <laughs> Ivy was rough looking at the end of the day. And then there are other days where Ivy looked not quite so uh, harsh. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I can see where people think that she's cute. And then other days where I was like, ah, you know, when yeah. she would come on the screen. 
All right, next into the workroom is Monica Beverly Hills. Your thoughts on Monica Beverly Hills, Taylor the Latte Boy. Monica Beverly Hills comes in in a outfit. Uh, it's it's just like a basic dress that looks like it's kind of made of fringe, and it's all purples and mm-hmm. and maroons and reds and and blondes. So maybe it's like hair or something. And she has on a she has on a sensible blonde bob with bangs. Mm-hmm. Um, this look is I'm looking at it. This look is actually pretty good, except I don't like the the stockings. The stockings are this weird sort of like mustardy avocado yellowy color, mm-hmm. a harvest gold that harvest don't match. Gold. Harvest gold. You remember what har- you wouldn't remember harvest gold, but harvest gold was a color of appliances in the seventies mm-hmm. that you could get, you could get your appliances in either avocado or harvest gold. And it was sort of like a, it was just like a yellowy color mm-hmm. and that's sort of the color of her stockings. But I think otherwise it's, it's not a, it's not a bad look. Um, she talks about the fact that she's a banshee girl and she wears that she wears that title proudly um and you can you can see that you can see that in that she's definitely she's got some rough edges to her but i think she embraces that and it's it's good it's so funny i find her so incredibly boring that I just looked at her. I'm looking at her look right now. I'm like, oh, is that what she walked in? Like, I didn't even pay attention. Like, yeah, so like bored. like some of them, I remember the looks before we. And this was one that I had to kind of go, oh, okay, that's what she had on. Yeah. But again, this is another one that you wouldn't. Monica Beverly Hills is not a name that I don't think anybody has really thought of in a while. But what I want to know is when someone like Monica Beverly Hills applies and goes in the show does she really think like i have a shot at winning she doesn't like she doesn't realize how fucking boring she is i don't think she does i don't think i think at this stage i think that everybody that goes on this show at this point i think genuinely feels as though they have a shot this is the season before i'm just here for the publicity Mm mm-hmm you know, and you've talked about that that is a seminal moment in the series because you see the change with some of the queens that go, if I can, if I can get through the, I just don't want to be the first one to go home or yeah. I want to make it to snatch game to I want to be in the top three. Mm-hmm. I think that we're still kind of the queens that came on these first five seasons are very innocent of that in this way. And I think that everybody that came on thought there is a chance that I could be on, I could be, you know, I could be top, I could be top three or I could take it, you know, mm-hmm. when, when you, especially when you go back and figure the people that were watching this watched season two, mm-hmm. where I feel like they kind of never led you to believe that Tyra was going to win season two. Mm-hmm. It felt very much like it was Raven season to win. So I think the fact that, you know, love or hate Tyra, I think the fact that Rue did that gave younger queens like this the thought that, oh, I could be the next Tyra Sanchez, something that no one has said in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But that but maybe that's why she thought she had a chance. Very good analysis. Uh, speaking of, next in the workroom is Lanesha Sparks. Your thoughts on Lanesha Sparks, Tito Latte Boy? Uh, uh, Lanesha is in a yellow, a golden yellow dress uh, that is a it's a short skirt uh, that kind of flares out to the sides. Um, top, I don't know if I said topless, but I mean, you know, no sleeves, no straps, anything like that. Her hair up, done up great. She's very pretty. I forgot she was Puerto Rican. Really? I forgot she was from Puerto Rico. I, for some reason, I remembered her being uh, African-American. So 
that, that there's that. But I mean, I, she, she's beautiful. But again, one of these queens that I was sort of like, oh shit, she's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, also super boring and looking at her just going like, oh, is that what she wore into the workroom? Yeah, another one that, again, the reason I can tell you what she wore is because I'm looking at this picture of it. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't have much to say. Like, oh yeah, she showed up. You know? Uh, it, it's also weird when you're going back and reviewing this six years later, as we are doing. We're doing this right now in the September of 2019. And, um, it's weird to think, you know, when you watch it new, you, you pay attention to everybody because you know they can win. So there could be a subconscious thing where I'm like, well, I know she doesn't go far. So why pay attention? Well, but I feel like we didn't necessarily do that with season six. We paid attention to everybody. Well, because they made it easy in season six because they did that thing where they split um, split them up. So you only had like six girls walking into the into the room. Yeah, that's true. You that's know? a good point. All right, and then finally into the workroom, face crack of the century. It is the Las Vegas queen herself, Coco Montrese. Taylor the Latte Boy, tell us about Coco Montrese. Coco comes in in a uh, cheetah printed uh, Chanel inspired business suit. With big glasses on and her hair done up. Uh, let me see what her shoes look like. She has matching shoes. Uh, no, those shoes don't match. Mm-hmm. She's wearing, it's clearly a leopard or cheetah print, but the but the shoes look like they're giraffe print. So points against her for that. Um, she came in and she didn't really have a catchphrase or anything, but ultimately the moment came. The, mo- the moment was almost taken away from her because the minute she walks in, it, it immediately turns to Alyssa with the slow motion where she recognizes that it's Coco. Yes. Face crack of the century. Face crack of the century. Alyssa Edwards. Yeah, she, I mean, Alyssa seems surprised, but like Coco doesn't seem that surprised. Well, here's my theory on this. Mm-hmm. As we have since learned, yeah, the infamous season four, go back to Party City where you belong, was set up between, uh, uh, Fifi and Sharon. Okay, you believe that story? I believe that story. Okay. I believe that story because I I think, you know, unfortunately, doing this show has caused me to now take a second look at everything that happens on the show and just assume that, you know, there's there's a buffoonery going on. And I think I have a feeling that this may have been to some degree planned out between Coco and Alyssa that they may have both known that this was going, that they were both going to be on this season mm-hmm. and I, realized we could milk this for airtime. I feel like there, I feel like Alyssa or Coco has come out and said maybe that they kind of got a hint that something was being planned because they maybe the producers were asking about it or I, I don't remember, but I feel like they've come out and said that. But maybe maybe they did get together and plan it out. But I don't know. I, the reason I say that is it feels like particularly in this episode where you have multiple – this episode and even Untucked, I think, where there are multiple times in which they are given the opportunity, one or the other, to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And they both know enough to play the long game of the – well, we'll discuss it later. Yeah. So, so they keep 
not only the other contestants, but it seems like they're keeping, they know they're keeping the audience wanting more Mm -hmm. and to want them to stay on the show to eventually, you know, kind of draw this out. Mm -hmm. And even like the comments where it's this weird, their relationship, the relationship is fascinating to watch, Mm -hmm. particularly what we know about it now versus because there seems to be this of where they supposedly haven't talked in two years and they Mm -hmm. don't like one another. And there are these bitchy, under their breath comments at one another, but then they also seem to have these comments where it's clear they both respect one another. Yeah. And it's clear that they both have situations in which they seem to have no problem ganging up together on somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that's a pageant thing. I don't know if that's just where, because they were friends and they want to reestablish some sort of bond in some way. I don't know what it is, but knowing now what we know about it, it's, mm-hmm. it, I'm watching it. I'm watching this relationship and I'm particularly watching the relationship between uh, Roxy and Jinx Mm -hmm. because there are times that it seems like at the beginning, Jinx and Roxy seem to really genuinely like are liking one another Mm -hmm. and they seem to be where they're kidding around and everything. Yeah. And, and it's, it's going to be interesting watching that progression and watching this progression as the, as the episode goes on, Mm -hmm. as the season goes on. Excuse me. Uh, I agree, cause, uh, cause Coco's actually a very polished queen. Uh, and I think doesn't get enough credit on this show. And so, in fact, I think in a lot of ways more polished than Alyssa. And yeah. so I kind of feel like, um, she gets, even though I think they painted her as the hero this season, I mean, this season of this, of this, they clearly side with her. I think we're gonna see that, um, uh, she sort of gets the short end of the stick. Now, I did want to get back to this. I wanted to say, do you think the producers pulled them aside and told them to draw it out? Maybe so not necessarily between them, but that maybe the producers told them to draw it out? That's always a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I, and that may be where they realize, oh, if we, if we both play along with this, we're going to stay around longer. And they, they both clearly make it very far. I, I don't know. I just, I just, I call, I call goop. Now, I know that we are talking about this right now, but in the script it says, Later around the table, Coco Montrese and Alyssa Edwards have an oblique conversation about their troublesome past. I feel we've covered this, but is there anything else you want to say about this topic? About this topic? No, not at this point. I feel like we're, it's going to be, it's going to come up multiple times over the, and I, I remember feeling this season where they, there's one particular conversation where they kind of pull one another aside and they're both talking in riddles. Mm-hmm. Instead of just coming out and saying it. And I feel like that scene that's a couple of episodes down the way kind of sums up this entire thing until it eventually just gets to where there is this redemption arc for, for both of them on some level. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, it sets up one of the most iconic rivalries in the history of the show. So this is going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. We'll be back right after this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. All right. I got to get something off my chest. By the time I finish watching RuPaul's Drag Race two times, recording two different shows about it, and spending my entire week around RuPaul's Drag Race, the last thing I want to do is listen to other podcasts about RuPaul's Drag Race. But people are constantly saying, do you listen to this podcast or that podcast? And I'll be honest with you, I don't because I 
barely have time to record the one that I do. And I this 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 sits on me on my chest. So I have to get it off my chest because I'm like, is this hindering my growth as a creator? So I'm glad I told you guys this. So you guys can stop recommending shows or asking me if I listen to Race Chaser or Sibling Rivalry. We all carry around different stressors, by the way. Big, small, serious, silly. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Can you imagine if I went to therapy with this? And to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I have benefited tremendously from therapy. Tremendously. And it's a way for me to work out different problems that I've had. And I've shared those problems with you before. If you have stressors in your life, you need to talk them out. That's how you release the toxicity is by talking it out. And therapy can help do that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. When they designed it, they designed it to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire and they'll match you with a licensed therapist. And by the way, if you don't like your therapist, you can just switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. For this week's mini challenge, the girls need to dive into a tank of water and give their best glamour shot. Some, notably Alaska, struggled with the challenge, while others like Lanesha Sparks and Detox took to the challenge like a duck to water. Later, RuPaul named Detox the winner of the mini challenge, and Detox cried. Uh, Taylor the Latte Boy, your thoughts on this uh, mini challenge? I loved this mini challenge. Oh, you did? I absolutely loved this mini challenge. I thought it was... So many of the pictures looked great. I mean, some of them were train wrecks, but mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought Detox deserved to win. I thought Detox look was was absolutely amazing. She she knew where to look with the camera. She knew to point her toes. She knew to get herself in a very editorial pose. Um, I, I I miss I miss having them do things like this. I'm not sure what they could really do at this point that would be different, but. I, I wish they would do something like this. I know they did the runway for season 10 where they had all the old Queens, yeah. all the, not old Queens, but all the previous contestants kind of standing around them. So to maybe do something like that, but actually photograph it rather than be a video thing. And the best picture is the one that wins. Um, but it may be part of a time gone by where, you know, pictures don't do it as much as video does. And there's more, there's more excitement to video than there is with pictures. Um, Let me ask you a question. Oh, do you have sure. more to say? Sorry, no, no, go ahead. Say which finish, no, finish I, the thought. The other thing, the other thing I was going to say was, um, I kind of like Jinx picture. Mm-hmm. I remember really liking Jinx picture, and I remember not liking Alaska for where her whole like, I can't do this. I'm giving up. I'm not going to. I just thought that that was again. I we get now. That's the edit of where she looks like. She, you know that that struggle, that internal struggle. Can I be as good as Sharon? Mm-hmm. But I remember just kind of going like, oh, for you being like somebody that really wanted to be on the show, this is this is very disappointing. And I don't know that I'm going to necessarily want to really like you, you um, know, I'm, I'm as gl- much as I do. 
I'm glad you're bringing this up because I want to say something right here. Because we have some people who they think we're going to be the experts at season five and know all the behind the scenes tea and this and that. And they're going to go like, well, why didn't you mention that, you know, uh, in, in, in 2015, Lanesha Spark said that Jinx Monsoon slapped her. Uh, and then I'm like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't do my whole, this show is not meant to be the definitive history of everything that happened during season five. You want that? Listen to Race Chaser, right? This is just our sort of, interpretation our feelings on what we feel happened on season five and so i guess the important question for you taylor that i have for you is do you find mike ruiz the photographer hot yes oh really <laughs> yes oh yes. i follow i follow him on tumblr okay um and he posts some amazing amazing photos uh and but i've always thought he was i always thought he was super hot oh really interesting yes does Babalu know that I think that Baba Two is super hot? Baba Two, his brother. Yeah, is that what we're calling him? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, he is quite aware that you think that Baba Two is hot. Does Baba Two have a boyfriend? Ah, uh, Baba Two might have a boyfriend. I uh, boring. Really All right. Uh, RuPaul <laughs> enters the workroom. <laughs> And announces, oh, no, I'm sorry. Back in the workroom, the girls marvel at each other out of drag, and Jinx reveals that she suffers from narcolepsy. Uh, later, RuPaul enters the workroom and announces that the next day, they're all going on a shopping spree. The next scene shows the girls boarding a Hollywood tour bus and riding around L.A. during the day. Lip-syncing to RuPaul's hit song, Hollywood USA. <laughs> this leads Coco Montrese to utter one of the f- the first, I'm sorry, of one of her many iconic lines. I'm getting my life on this bus. Celebrities waving back. Oh, my gosh. It's like a dream come true. <laughs> Somebody in the chat room pointed out that uh, the girls went outside in season 11 for the LADP challenge. But I'm going to I guess what I meant was in public. Because they're clearly on a studio lot for LADP. I didn't mean like in the daylight. I meant more like in public, in the city. And I would say that that doesn't necessarily count because they're playing characters versus doing like they're not being themselves. You know, Brooklyn was the the hippie and the two were cats, Vanjie and and, uh, Plastique. uh, Whereas this was where they were themselves – when they were outside, and honestly, I couldn't, re- I couldn't figure out who some of them were. Like, oh yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Look no, a couple of times, go, oh that's Jinx, or that's. Oh yeah, yeah, it was hard. But also, you might connect somebody by going, "Well, on untuck, they go outside and smoke." I meant outside of the confines of the studio in public, along with the normies, you know, walking around. You know, where, yeah. you know, where you, you know, where you get iconic lines. You know, because if you think about it, this is because. Hi, Manella. <laughs> I just saw Manella, girl. It's because an Asian lady walked by. Right. So it, when you're, I, I guess what I meant is drag queens, you know, mingling with the public. Yeah. All right. Uh, after a pointless visit with Camille Grammer at Marco Marco, who tells the girls to walk around the corner, even though they're technically across the street from where they're going to land up, the girls suddenly appear at the rear entrance of the World of Wonder office building in Hollywood. This is nowhere near Beverly Hills. And then for some reason, RuPaul is dressed as a spaceman, and he removes his helmet and reveals to the girls the instructions for their main challenge. These dumpsters are overflowing with some of the most exclusive garbage in the 90210. 
for your first main challenge. You need to create an award-winning look that screams Hollywood red carpet couture, darling. You'll have just one minute to dumpster dive. And ladies, all sales are final. <laughs> all right. Back in the workroom, the girls are working on their outfits with the supplies they gathered from the dumpster. Roxy Andrew shows off her makeup dress. Alaska dances around naked. Jade finds a beautiful piece of fabric. And now suddenly Alyssa is her best friend. This leads the girls to warn Jade about Alyssa. And it also leads to one of the first confrontations between the old foes. Jade, be careful, girls. Be careful Why? with her. Just be careful. That's all I'm saying. Here she comes. Miss Jade. Find out who your real friends are and you stick by your real friends. I'm not saying Alyssa. I'm not saying Alyssa not. You can meet your friends longevity. Yeah. Because we've been in competitions. We have been in a lot of competitions. And at the end of the day, it's like you really, truly find who your friends are in the end. Yeah. That's true. That's what about. So we'll talk about it later, Alyssa. We don't got nothing to talk about. We do have, we have a lot we don't to, talk have about. to talk about. You say you find out later who your friends are. So you and I will sit down and talk about that. Finally, the girls all pounce on Alaska about her choice to make another dress out of trash. Taylor Latte Boy, a lot happened in this segment. Give us your thoughts. Ah, oh, so much. <laughs> uh, the whole thing with the dumpster it just was, it felt very, we're kind of making fun of these contestants because we're watching drag queens all jump in dumpsters and like beat the crap out of each other to get a, get a, a roll of fabric. Um, I mean, where they talk about the fact that they sort of elbow one another and that kind of thing. You don't really see that anymore as mm-hmm. much. You don't, you don't see them doing that where they, they run or if they run, it's a very controlled run mm-hmm. where there's not 14 of them. There may be eight or six left. Mm-hmm. I would say, Something else about that is uh, trying to think what else the whole, the whole thing with Jade and the fabric. I mm-hmm. thought that she was really fortunate that she got that fabric. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about what she did with it later. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see where that gave Coco an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of bitchiness in and Roxy also as well, but I guess mm-hmm. Roxy knew her from pageants. Um, Roxy knew her from pageants as well. But you also kind of see this is the beginning of Jade being an instigator mm-hmm. because Jade was playing the stupid. Why? What are you talking about it? Now, she clearly knew that there was some animosity between Alyssa and Coco. Mm-hmm. And when she's doing this, it felt very much of the, well, tell me, I don't understand. I'm just so little. Explain to me why I need to be worried about Alyssa. Mm-hmm. The argument between Alyssa and Coco at least in the beginning, didn't seem to make any sense where it was definitely like some poor editing. And then they kind of got the thing at the end of the, Oh no, we're going to talk about this later. Well, they're clearly in two different places. Like at one point, Alyssa is in one part of the workroom. Then suddenly they're all together. Well, yes, it, that's it, what I'm saying. It's that editing of that. You know, they go, Oh, here she come. Here she come yeah. sort of thing. I, I, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't like just talk about it. Just say what it is. I get that they want to drag this out because they want people to tune in. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a big fan of it. And I'm not a big fan of Alyssa. I, I do feel like to some degree that when Jade pulled out that fabric, Alyssa thought, Alyssa, I feel like, and, and I don't think I'm saying anything that's revolutionary here. I think uh, Alyssa fancies herself the master manipulator mm-hmm. and the one of the, you know, 
you you need me to sell your soda pop. Don't fuck with me, fellas, kind of thing. And I think that she's always thinking that she's got she's got these you know machinations that she can do and this evil scheming that she can do, and things are always going to work out the way she wants to because she's cutthroat. Mm-hmm. But she knows she knows how to she knows how to kill you with kindness, kind of thing. And I I just I I don't like that. Your thoughts. I agree with you that they were right, that all of a sudden Alyssa was becoming Jade's friend because she liked that fabric, even though Alyssa didn't need it, nor did she, could she have used it in her outfit? It's really strange. One. Two. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if I necessarily agree that Alyssa thinks she's the master manipulator. Do you think that? Oh yeah, no. I think the one of the things that you have talked about, and we talked about, I think during All Stars too, is that part of the reason why people love Alyssa is that Alyssa is the last one to get the joke mm-hmm. in the room, yeah. but she thinks she's the first one to get the joke. Okay, where she doesn't realize how funny she actually is because she doesn't realize the things that are coming out of her mouth are as funny. Mm-hmm. She's be she's being earnest, or she's just kind of being this way, and doesn't realize that people are. She thinks people are sometimes laughing with her, mm-hmm. where they may be laughing. I don't say laughing at her, but uh, but just uh, they're getting. She's not getting on the same level everybody else. She is. doesn't understand why people think she's fun. They, she doesn't really get why people think she's funny. Right. And I feel like she kind of is, especially when you see her drag aesthetic and everything about her. I feel like she thinks that she is like Alexis Carrington, Sue Ellen Ewing, like where she is like the grand dame. She is somebody who I think expected to be the winner where you're talking about like Monica Beverly Hills, or you're talking about these other Queens Mm -hmm. and whether or not they think it, I think she came in assuming that she was going to be able to use her pageant world her pageant life, her pageant career, her pageant skills, and just take that all the way and just cut these bitches down left and right. Yeah. I think what we're really missing is an important thing here. We still have not talked at length about this tour bus that they went on. <laughs> what? First of all, I didn't even know, and I know they're all future judges on this season. I still couldn't place who everybody was in the celebrities. I, I mean, obviously, I knew Chaz Bono. I knew right. the the girl from the Goonies. Is she in the Goonies? Latoya Jackson? No, no she's not Juliet Lewis. Juliet Lewis is not in the Goonies. What was she in? Uh, Natural Born Killers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Girl from Natural Born Killers. And uh, oh yeah, Latoya Jackson. But then was it the girl from Third Rock from the Sun? Was she the girl that was like yes? Okay, Kristen Johnson. Yeah. Who was the girl? Oh, and then wasn't who was the girl that I think she was from like CSI, right? The one in her hands. Mar- Marg Helgenberger. Yeah, yeah. And then what about the big boob blonde girl? The big boob blonde girl. Uh oh. The what? She was in. Okay, she was in uh, Danity Kane. What's that? It was it was a girl group. It was like a it was like a five. I want to say they were like a making the band or when okay. when when uh, Puffy P Diddy did his show where he was creating a band. They were the oh, band okay. that he created. She is in an episode that you and I did uh, the uh, the episode where they talk about where they create the perfumes. Oh yeah yeah. And yeah, she's yeah. in that and and she's very extra in that. And she does big things yes. where they're constantly showing her where she's got her eyes really big. And I remember you and I really not liking her. Yeah. Um, okay. Very good. Um, all right. Also, I wanted to talk. Oh, I wanted to, I, I teased this in the little thing. 
I know L.A. I know Hollywood. I know where World of Wonder is. It's right on Hollywood Boulevard, right? So yeah. when they were in that trashy mall, that's not like Beverly Hills. What part of Beverly Hills does that look like? I go, wait, that looks like it's by World of Wonder. So I went on Google Maps, and sure enough, Marco Marco is across the street from where that mm-hmm. dumpster is. And that dumpster, it literally has the World of Wonder, now it does, logo emblazoned on the, the, the uh, gate. And that dumpster is at World of Wonder. And they didn't go around any corner. Well, when they come around the corner, actually, they're coming around World of Wonder's office. So they're on Hollywood Boulevard then coming down. I think it's the street's called Cherokee. They're coming down Cherokee. But the Marco Marco's actually directly almost across from that dumpster. Well, uh, you know, they also never really show anything that is Rodeo Drive. They don't show any of the stereotypical. No, I think that they do show them. Where do they show them on the bus? I don't remember if we actually see them. We I know we see them on the bus, but I don't remember where they where we see them in the location. Maybe um, like I don't even remember seeing the sign, like a street sign that says Rodeo Drive. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe we can ask Chaz Bono because he he saw them when they were on there, and also Bob Mackey. Yeah, he, well, he, he managed to look up from drawing yeah, a sketch from, for Rue to, yeah. to wave at everybody. And for, for randomly just drawing a sketch of Rue. And then why was RuPaul dressed as a spaceman? I, I don't know. Maybe be, I think it was supposed to be more like a hazmat suit. Oh, all right. Very because good. Because she was around all that smelly couture garbage. Yeah, I think you're right. Back in the workroom, RuPaul entered to make some table visits. Coco makes some pretty classy couture. Serena Cha-Cha challenges the idea of what it is to create couture. Roxy Andrews got a sewing challenge, and she gave RuPaul what she likes. Penetration talks about publicly pleading for a place. And Alaska is making yet another outfit out of trash because she doesn't give a thunderfuck. Table the latte boy. Your thoughts on these table visits. Well, I wrote down a quote that I don't know this has ever been – at least I think I heard it right, and it made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Alyssa at one point in one of her interviews says, it's important to make an impression. Yeah. Not like a first impression. No. <laughs> but an impression. And I, I, I that made me laugh. So I don't know. Um, this is also the first time that we see the horrible 2013 Teal Contacts. Oh, Coco. Oh, she that didn't Coco's have weird. Oh, she didn't have an earlier confessionals? She didn't have them in earlier confessionals and then she starts wearing them and she looks like a white walker. It's it's distracting. Yes, they're very very distracting. It's it's not it's not a cute look. And people um, who always have those contacts make their eyes like super big so that you can see them? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's not it, – it wasn't a strong look. Like anything she was saying at that point, I wasn't paying attention to anymore because I was afraid she was going to, you know, kill a dragon and then make it a zombie dragon and attack the wall. Mm-hmm. So I – it was not – I don't know. They talk about the idea that Alaska is a bad Sharon mm-hmm. and I feel like the edit kind of shows that at least early on. That's kind of what you want – what you want to think about her is that – She's a bad Sharon. They even think with her look in Untucked, they talk about the fact that they think that she's going to be one of the bottom three mm-hmm. because of the trash look. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So uh, it's it's just not – I mean Serena kind but, of – But how does this come up during the table visit is my question. I think the, the, the Sharon comparison comes up later during Elimination Day and, and – uh, No, Sharon, that comes up while they're all making the outfits. They question her about Sharon and what their relationship with Sharon on Elimination Day. Yes, they do. I know. But, okay. <laughs> you, you've got a look on your face like, oh, I want to disagree. But 
but as far as that, that was part, that was part of this segment. Um, the Serena and the art school stuff, I feel like they're, they're setting up that brief storyline with Serena of where mm-hmm. she thinks she knows better and she's going to school RuPaul on all things fashion and couture and art. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see, you can see the look on Ru's face during that of the, okay, and we're done with you. Yeah. Well, also with penetration, I feel like there's a lot of shade, like, like almost like you're here on a technicality, but we know that you did some funny, like, cause like penetration kind of almost like the Mimi on first accusation, like she campaigned for this, right? And I think that was, and so she got a spot on the show by campaigning and winning the, the online vote. Um, and it, you could tell like RuPaul, like I almost wanted to be like, okay, we're just going to get rid of penetration the first day, no matter what she does, you know, yeah. like, and, and it seems like RuPaul has little patience for her whatsoever. They, they, they allowed her to have her, her looks come out. Um, she, she, she got her, uh, interview. She got, she got her workroom interview. Yeah. Now it's it hit it's the bricks. For, yeah. All right. It's elimination day and the girls are putting the finishing touches on their outfits and their makeup. Alyssa throws some shade towards Coco. The girls pounce on Alaska about her relationship with Sharon. Serena Chacha isn't nervous and later has a showdown with Vivian Panay and J. Joe Lee. That was just right next to my ear. Honey, that one's going to bug me. That little one. She's already starting to bug. I was born and raised in the Republic of Panama. Where is Panama? It's in between Colombia and Costa Rica. It's one of the number one retirement homes for Americans. You should consider going there. Which, I want to stop right there. There's no context, but why would she just say something so cunty and bitchy? Well, but I think that's the point of this, where they all kind of call her on the fact that it's not... It's not shade. It's just mean. This, yeah. this is, this is what I'm talking about. And this was one of the things that my husband said. He goes, they don't get the after effect of this yet. As far as some of these bitchy, catty, meany things that they're saying to one another, mm-hmm. that it will have a long standing effect. I mean, this is, I mean, Serena Chacha is an example of that in which I think she thought when she was talking about all of our art school stuff and it's particularly next episode, which talks about how she thinks everybody on the show is ghetto and stuff like that, that, I mean, Serena Chacha is kind of looked at now as a joke. Yeah. You know, and this, this is one of these where you can kind of see that they all don't realize that they're not all as guarded this season as they are starting. I would even say starting with season six and beyond. Mm-hmm. And this, this fight, this, this, back and forth between them that you're going to see, particularly this one is a prime example of that. Yeah. You know, she's talking about, and you'll hear her say about like how, you know, she's in, impl- she makes the implication that they're all jealous that she's 21 and tried it for the first time we got on the show. What's funny is that like a 21 year old, she's not realizing the ramifications of her actions and how yeah. the, the, she's only on for two episodes. I think. Yeah. Just her moments on here will have devastating effects on her career for the re- it, it still does even though she has get from people who really know drag and really know drag race and follow her they they would say that she has had quite the glow up and i think she's known for being a good wig maker i think maybe yeah and um and she's brought she's her looks have gotten better she's gotten better this will always follow her this will always be the thing that now taints her career yeah so, so here we go <laughs> Not if they're all like you. 
Yeah, because your mouth doesn't shut. Oh, okay. It wears thin very quickly. You know, I have a feeling you just like to be the only pretty one. I just think you're annoying. I can handle annoying. I can't. There's funny and there's. And she's just losing okay. this battle with all the, the right. media the whole and time. That, and that's the thing. that That is 21-year-olds, mm-hmm. as you said before. I mean, they, there have been studies that 20-year-olds, your brains are still developing at 21. Mm-hmm. And you don't recognize the ramifications. You know, you recognize an immediate ramification to something. Mm-hmm. But you don't recognize two, three, four steps down the line. Yeah. You know, so – and this is an example of that, of where you're seeing – her thinking, well, I'm the shit because I'm 21, so I'm fabulous and I'm fierce mm-hmm. against a, and I'm saying this with respect to Vivian, a seasoned queen mm-hmm. who knows how to do shade, who knows how to, how to, how to cut a bitch down and that kind of thing and isn't getting that what she's saying isn't, isn't landing. Mm-hmm. No. It's similar to even though she was slightly older in her season, Derek Berry, I used to talk about when Derek would go up against Bob. And I mean, Derek would be just short of, I know you are, but what am I? Mm-hmm. It was. No, that's a different season. But what I would say, the problem with Derek is that Derek, because she looked so much like Britney Spears, it's like she really wasn't even a drag queen. She was a celebrity impersonator who the, 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 the paths crossed. But yet, because she got so popular so fast, she made the mistake of thinking that she was at the level of these other girls. Yeah. When she could just really just make herself just look like Britney Spears, you mm. know? Uh, yeah. So let's continue with this clip. Like blunt rudeness. Can you not take it? Is that why? Like, oh, honey, I can take it. <laughs> you're just uh, it's like so immature. It's just really aggravating. I'm sorry. You're no, you're only 21 once, and you only audition for this thing once. Being 21, I'm getting right away once. And then you think because you're younger, you think that's an advantage. Yeah. But we've all done drag longer, so. Does it bother you? I keep saying I'm 21. Well, no, not at all. I mean, because honestly, I look just as young as you. But you just. Keep- Which, by the way, she said she doesn't. But I will give Jade this. She does look. Just as young as Serena. How old is how old is Jade this season? I don't know. They they probably will say in the show, but I feel she's in her midish, latest twenties here. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Are you sure about that? Oh. Girl, you ain't that pretty. Cover girl, don't cover boy, baby. (laughs) I do I do like that line. Mm Uh okay. Your any final thoughts on that uh, showdown in the workroom? It's it's definitely a I think a real, mm-hmm. a more real mirror moment mm-hmm. a fight than mm-hmm. I think we've seen in later seasons. Yeah, but I I it's just I don't know. I I like it. I like it, and I don't like it all at the same time. All right. Very good. Well, Taylor, you know what time it is. Is it time for the looks? It's time for the looks. Now. Yes. Before we get started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce something this season that we will probably talk about in seasons that people have already heard. What is that? We have received word from a former co-host of the show yeah, that he does not understand the zero to 10 scale that we use when addressing looks. What doesn't he understand about it? 
he doesn't understand how we can rate something a seven versus rating something a 6.5 versus rating a, even though it's completely subjective and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So here is what I propose. Joe sure. Tans. Mm-hmm. I propose that we do things on a one to five scale. Yeah. That we will refer to from now on as the brewer scale. So do you want to maybe for this episode? All right. Okay. So for this episode, we'll call it. The you're, so what you're saying, Taylor, is for, is for this episode we'll call it the Brewer Scale. Okay, very yes. good. All right, uh, all right. So who's the first one down the line, Taylor Latte Boy? Uh, the first one down the line is Roxy Andrews. Yeah, and Roxy is coming out in a black dress, uh, very drapey, with some sort of I don't know what it is over her shoulder. Mm-hmm. She has a, a wig that's very pompadour that is. I'm going to say skunk esque because it's all black with a big blonde in the yeah. front, mm-hmm. very um, hard mascara and black lips uh, with a lot of hips and ass showing. Mm-hmm. She looks great. I love this look. Um, I particularly love the cutouts in the side where you can kind of see those, those uh, meaty thighs and mm-hmm. hips. Uh, I, I think she looks great. I gave this look a four out of five. It's, on it's, the brewer scale. It's fierce in the truest sense of the term. She looks like fierce, like she could just cut a bitch. You oh, know, yeah. like there's a meeting in the ladies' room. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yes, I agree. Want to fuck with her? I will give this a four out of five. All right, all right. Who is next? So next up, we have Jinx Monsoon. Jinx Monsoon. Here we go. And Jinx came out in a, I guess you would call this a teal, where it's teal fabric that is sort of Grecian inspired. Yeah. With, um, it's where she has lots of flowy pieces of fabric hanging off of arm bracelets, uh, and armbands. And she has blonde hair and a big teal, uh, headband. I'm not a huge fan of this. I love the color, but I thought that again, this doesn't really speak to who you think of when you think of Jinx mm-hmm. um, or who we know Jinx to be later on. So I gave this look actually a three, mm-hmm. the only because I love the color. This seems like what you would think either uh, Pandora box. Okay, like I think get a, a strong Pandora box sense of this, and also who was that woman from Laughing that that somebody did last season? Jo- Joanne Worley. Oh, I can see Joanne Worley in this outfit, one hundred percent. All right. So, so, what do you give this look? I'll go with you on this. I'll give it the three. I think I agree okay. with you. Yeah, so far I agree with you. Okay. Oh, also we got to talk about Rue. Rue looked beautiful when she came out in the mm-hmm. teal fringy long fringy dress i thought her hair looked great and her makeup was flawless so mm-hmm. and i gave rue a four as well oh very good so, all right so next up is detox detox okay. came out in a pink sequined dress that is sort of a bikini top that where the dress actually drapes from the knot between yeah. the breasts mm-hmm. um 80s inspired hair off to the side very hard new wave hooker Mm-hmm. Makeup inspired. She looked fucking hot. I mm-hmm. thought she looked great. I gave her a five for this look. A five. She gets uh, a five for me. I like it. It's very not her. It's actually more like something I would see on Alaska, actually. And so I, I give her props for wearing this, especially episode one. That's not usually very detox. It doesn't seem very detox to me. Well, but you also have to consider though. This isn't. This is something that they had to pull together. This isn't yeah, like where they true. bring out their best drag. Mm-hmm. That's really. I th- I feel like next episode is sort of best drag. Okay. So uh, I'll give it a four. Okay. All right. So next up is Ivy Winters. I- 
Ivy uh, Winters. Uh, okay, I should have never told you I hate that. So Ivy came out in a red draped dress that had some knot work off the one shoulder, mm-hmm. and she had a very fringy Anna Nicole, I think it's yes. the Jean Kasem hair. Yeah, very good comparison, um, both. I the dress is beautiful for something that she just put together mm-hmm. uh, within the last day or two. I didn't necessarily appreciate Santino's statement of that it didn't, you know, it looked it it wasn't necessarily an unconventional it wasn't so much that it had to be an unconventional challenge where they suddenly had to have some piece of trash on it. They just had to take Asha and make couture out of it. And I feel like she did that. So I didn't necessarily care for his critique, but I thought she looked beautiful and I gave Ivy Winters a five as well. I love it. I think it looks fantastic. I think she looks fantastic. Anna Nicole, Jean Case are great comparisons. I give it a five too, Taylor the Latte Boy. We're we're almost uh on par with each other. All right. So next up is Honey Mahogany, who came out all decked out in gold, where she had gold lame, uh, like a gold lame poofy sort of skirt type mm-hmm. thing and wrapped around her one shoulder. And she had on a gold bustier, gold bracelets, gold shoes. She had on a, a head dress or headset that was gold beads. Um, I actually kind of liked this. You just jinxed us because I know you're not going to like this as far as our scores, but, um, I liked that it was all monochromatic. And it wasn't a cat. Again, we know that she becomes the caftan queen and this wasn't a caftan. So maybe looking at it from that regards, I appreciated the fact that it wasn't a caftan. I actually gave this a four. I don't like it. There's That's something about said. it. I think it has to do with that skull cap or whatever, but it seems, uh, she, she reads as boy. I don't read woman in this. I read boy. So the female illusion is sort of gone. And, uh, I just don't, it, look, it looks like someone took trash and made an outfit out of it. I give it a two. All right. So, mm-hmm. all right. So Jay Jolie came out in that red sequined and then had a bunch of rainbow. It looks like where she had uh windmills mm-hmm. or something that you would put in gardens, uh, include, and also some tool that she wrapped in her hair, kind of making a big bouffant thing. Mm-hmm. Again, this is an example of editing. Um, I, I wrote down waste of fabric. She had that beautiful, beautiful red sequin fabric that I feel like she could have made something that was so elegant and so beautiful about, but this also speaks to her style and her aesthetic. And it was, it was, it should have been in the bottom like it was. I gave this look a two. Yeah. If she just would have taken some stuff off, like at least it would have been basic, you know, it would have been like. Okay, well, you made a almost a, it, it, but it, the the silhouette would have been very similar to Ivy Winter's dress, but at least it would have looked great in that fabric. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you on the two there. All right, so next out was Alyssa Edwards, and Alyssa Edwards has on 18 different types of fabric uh-huh. that are where she makes kind of a dress that sort of I don't know if it was trying to be like a mermaid tail or whatever, but it's sort of hanging off the front. And she has on various feathers and a kind of a drape thing in the back and a bustier under. So this thing is a huge fucking mess. I don't get. I mean, they talk about it and talk to that. She seemed to steal ideas from everybody else and made them to some sort of safe outfit. But this is just so unpolished, which is something that I, a word that I would not normally use to describe Alyssa. This is my first one of the night. I wouldn't give it a one, but it is sort of a hodgepodge of ideas. You can't tell what's going on here. I don't like it at all. I would say it's on par with Jade Jolie, so I'm going to give it a two. Okay. 
So next up is Penetration, who came out in a pink pattern sequin dress that she had slit up the middle with some where it almost looks like she took like a bathroom scrunchie and sort of wrapped that around her neck Mm -hmm. with big dangly earrings and severe makeup and severe bangs with Mm -hmm. this huge bouffant. The pattern of the dress we just got because it's Halloween. It's getting ready to be Halloween here this time of year. And uh, my husband just bought a tablecloth. That is the pattern of the wallpaper for the haunted mansion. Okay. And that is what this reminded me of. It's very much that purple and black kind of uh, diamond dark pattern. I I don't like it. It looks plus they talk about the fact that her padding was asymmetrical, which is a huge mm-hmm. no, no. And it's just not the padding was awful. The padding, yeah, the padding was, was really, really bad. And the fact that there was no lining on the, from the um, bottom half of the dress mm-hmm. from mid thigh down, it cheapens it. It cheapens mm-hmm. it even more than it is. So Penny uh, gets a one for me as well. Um, believe it or not, I think they just wanted to get rid of penetration. Yes, the makeup was terrible. Like in other words, if the but if the padding would have been on point and the makeup would have been a little less severe, I would have given it a three. But because of those things, I'll I'll give it down to a two as well. Okay. All right. All right. Next up is Coco Montrese. Coco came. Oh, geez, I forgot about this. Okay, Coco came out uh, kind of trying to do a very 1930s Hollywood girl with a uh, short hair with a um, finger curl, and it's all white. And um, she has director. Uh, what do you call those things? Megaphones. Megaphones. Thank you. Where she's wearing those as a chest, as a chest plate, and she's draping a fur coat, and she has one of those. Hollywood, you know, take two clackers <laughs> with her. Um, the idea of it is great. The, the taste aesthetic with the big director cones takes away from the whole thing. Um, had she not had those, I think it would have been a much stronger look for her. But I gave this a two. I, this is horrible. It is, yeah. I don't know how she was safe with this. Uh, well, I guess the other ones were worse. But like... It was not good. And those cones, I was like, oh my God, the, the megaphones over her breasts are ridiculous. It looks horrible. I agree with you. It's a two. Okay. Our next uh, girl on the runway is Vivian Panay, who is wearing a, I would say, nude or champagne style dress that is uh, mid-thigh. And then she has some sort of flowy tool uh, on the bottom half of it. Great shoes. I didn't realize, look at the shoes until I'm looking at this picture now. Um, she looks like Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. In this Mariah Carey early nineties, early nineties vision of love Mariah Carey, and I think she looks pretty. The look itself is kind of basic, so she's just sort of in the middle for me. So I gave her a three. All right, uh, yeah, I agree. It, it's safe to me. It's safe. It's not good. It's not bad. It's in the middle. It's a three for me as well. All right. So next up, we have Alaska, and Alaska took to the trash bags that she uh, had gotten, and she made those into a dress that I feel is very poor. <laughs> And I feel like this is where we're, this is the beginning of the, where she was, I'm, I'm unsure of myself. I don't know what I'm doing to where yeah. you yeah. see now why they had her on the season. I thought that the dress itself was beautiful, mm-hmm. not only from a composition standpoint, but the fact that she had the dark, where at this point I'm going to say purple, 
that was underneath the uh, teal or aquamarine color. So it everything moved with it. But holding the actual trash bag, I think, is kind of dumb. It takes away from it and it cheapens the whole look. But I loved the big hair. Mm-hmm. I thought the makeup was much better. I loved the huge flower that she made out of the trash bag out of her um, that was on the side of her hair. Uh, this is a five for me. Oh, really? Uh, it's a four for me. It looks good. I don't know if it's a five. It's four. Okay. Uh, Linacia Sparks is up next where she made a dress, a, I want to say like a rose gold, even though that was before that color was invented mm-hmm. by Apple, uh, outfit made out of a uh, wallpaper and she had a great updo with a shoe in it. Uh, I thought that if they were looking for something, the unconventional, I thought that she, she nailed it. I mean, she took something that you wouldn't necessarily consider to be a dress mm-hmm. and made it into a dress that is elegant, beautiful. Um, I think the hair is great. The makeup, though, the way that she did the shading on the sides, the contours and everything, she looked like she had a beard. Oh, like really? it was I didn't not. That. Yeah, no. At one point when she turns her head, it really kind of looks like she has a beard. Oh, really? There's such a difference between the light coloring on the face with the dark underneath. It's not, it's not good. But I thought the dress itself, while it looked a little thick, but I, you know, you you can only do so much with the materials that you're working with. Yeah. I thought it was beautiful. Uh, I gave her a four. It is a beautiful dress. You did an amazing job. It's something you could wear to an awards show or anything like that. Uh, very glamorous. I give it a four as well. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we boring you, Taylor? No, it's eleven o'clock here. Well, so, next so, up is someone Monica had to Bar- go on and on and on about Mike Ruiz. So Monica Beverly Hills is next, <laughs> and she comes out uh, definitely playing to her banji identity. Mm-hmm. Um, she's wearing an outfit that is all different colored neon colors, and she has big red hair. I think that we you know the idea was it's supposed to be something for an award ceremony, and I feel like she went into this thinking maybe MTV Video Music Awards or you know Nickelodeon Teen Choice Awards or the Bratz Awards. Else. <laughs> the what? The brats, the dolls, the brats, the brat, the brats. She does look like a brats doll. Oh my yeah. god! Um, it's not a good look. It it looks it. It's not a good look. It's not something that speaks to my aesthetic. Even though I love bright colors like that, I gave this look a one. It's horrible. I might. Even yeah. Make, I I was like, I'm not going to give things a one. No, I'll give it a two. I'm still going to give it a two, but. Because it. You're not going to give the next one a one. Oh, I will give the next one a one. Okay. Two so. for me for uh, Monica Beverly Hills. That's a two for you for Monica. Be- okay. So finally up, we have an iconic look, but not in the good way. We have Serena Chacha wearing uh, a, a Kelly green and blue where it looks like she sort of just painted glitter on her chest. I know that that is an actual, some sort of chest piece, but no bra. She has bathroom scrunchies around her neck her skin tone on her face is completely different from the rest of her body. This dress is poofy and it's all different angles. The whole thing is a absolute unmitigated disaster. It's horrible. It's it's really bad. It's really really bad. Like the wig, it's, the makeup, yeah. the I mean there's not one part where I'm like I like that. No, there not even the shoes. Bad that works. No, no the shoes. And then she had on like the sunglasses that were yellow. Yeah. The frames were these yellow, red, like everything about this is absolutely a hundred percent wrong. Yeah. And her stupid face. 
Well, okay. The, the, the makeup isn't great. I can't say anything about her face, but. She always has that look. You know, Ariana Grande always has the same like, look, too. They always look like they're looking worried. They're like, I think yeah. They, it's a visual joke for everybody that only Taylor <laughs> can see, but uh, I don't like it. I don't like that look, and I want to slap it off her face. Thank you. <laughs> One. That's what I give it. <laughs> One. One. One is what I give it. Yeah. So, so those are the looks. Those are the looks. All right. Uh, back on the main stage, RuPaul calls out the safe girls and sends them backstage with a word of warning about playing it safe. Roxy Andrews, Ivy Winters, Alaska, and Lanasha Sparks are in the top, while J. Jolie, Penetration, and Serena Chacha are placed in the bottom. After the judges deliberated, Roxy Andrews is named the winner of the very first challenge, while Serena Chacha and Penetration are forced to go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The song... Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. When all was said and done, Serena was told, Shantae, you stay, while Penetration was asked to sashay away. Taylor Lottie Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? I loved the safe speech. Okay. I feel like she should do something like that now okay. for the girls that are safe. That it isn't just that. Because I think I think that, again... And they kind of talk about this in Untucked. One of them says, I'm just glad to be safe. This is mm-hmm. the time where safe is – I'm fine with that this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that as we're seeing girls that just want to get further and we're seeing more and more of those girls on future seasons that just want to kind of coast through the middle, mm-hmm. I think for Rue to acknowledge that on some level is important. I also found it interesting that she brought – she left seven girls out instead of the usual six, top three, bottom three. Yeah. There were there were four tops and three bottoms there. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds like a party. I was going to say that sounds like a Pornhub video I've seen recently. Um, and I mean, if even if you didn't know what happens, having seen this episode before, the fact that Penetration started off the song not knowing the words. Oh my god! It was yeah. clear that she was not that she was going to be the first one to go home. Yeah, but so, she was even which, doing like old school drag moves and everything like that. Yes, no, she she is definitely of of a she I, she's from where is she from? Like Pittsburgh or something? Oh, is she okay? I don't re- I don't necessarily remember, but I feel like she's she is somebody that I would have seen back in the bars in like 1994. Yeah, and she's still doing the same same like arm pumping kind yeah. of yeah yeah. Not, not, not. She's. I wonder if she. she wonder if she's still performing. Who knows? I'm sure people will tell us multiple times as soon as they hear this too. Even though it's eight months later and we figured it out by then. Taylor, yep. let me tell you something. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, it's it's a it's a solid episode. I wonder what people thought at the time, but it's a very solid episode. But it's not. If if you were to tell somebody, oh, season five is one of the best seasons, I think they might watch this episode and go like. It's not that great, right? But it's mm-hmm. a very solid episode, and the show just gets better and better. And I think once they, you're right, once they get rid of the very patently obvious filler queens, uh, with a few exceptions, like next week's Untucked episode is iconic. Um, with few exceptions, it doesn't get good until they get rid of all those. Fill- In other words, it's not until Lanesha's gone. Well, I think Lanesha last a while. No. Okay, like it's not until Honey, Serena, Penetration, Lanesha, like all those. 
random filler queens are gone. It's not until they're gone that the show gets really hits its stride. Well, this uh, is one of these that Snatch Game makes or breaks. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, this is the one that sets the rules, for I think, for a lot of the way that the show operates now. And so it'll be very interesting to see. All right, Taylor. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next weekend every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 5. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at DragRaceRecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DragRaceRecap. If you want access to more content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at PIMCTaylor. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Instagram at PickleMyth. Follow Joe Batanz on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batanz. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast. This podcast was made possible by the following exclusive tier Patreon supporters. AJ Norris. April Pacheco. Astute Girl. Brad Coley. Bree Weiss. Common Cool. Coco San Pedro. D-Man. Dean Barney UK. Devin McKay, Diana Sklans, Doofus Maximus, Haley Sklans, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jeffrey Thunderbear, Jesse Harris, Jesse Lozano, Jimmy Kilbasa, John J., Jordan Darling, Katie Whitmire, Lauren Eckert, Luke Stamen, Melissa Payton, Nicholas Alexander Springham, Nikki Baker, Parker Elliott, Pedro SF, Rachel J, Robert NYC, Sandy Ramirez Ruiz, Scott Sorensen, Sir Met Smith, Travis Potter, Yaz Waz, and Eve Adams. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash DragRace today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DragRace.